0: Love Talk Radio.
1: You all the time. Let your hand.
2: Welcome to One Love, One Connection, One Us. And tonight, we are going to talk about are your relationships passing you by. My name is Reverend Arlene Cahet, and with me tonight is my co-host and business partner, Reverend Harvey L. Bailey.
3: Hey, Arlene, how are you? I'm excellent. How are you doing, Harvey? I'm pretty good. Now, you know, usually I would have cut the song after just the... You know, a little bit, but I was feeling so sexy, I just wanted to hear the whole thing.
2: <laughs> all right, all right. You know, go ahead and get your groove thing on. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, ladies and gentlemen, um the reason why I decided to do uh for decided to talk about this particular subject is because oftentimes when I talk with my clients or I talk with individuals about relationships, um, one of the things that I've run into is that a lot of times I find that they're not really ready to experience what it is that it is that they're saying that they're wanting. if Even if they, and sometimes, a lot of times, they don't really even have a clear picture. Oftentimes when they're asking me, you know, so when is my love, you know, my love mate going to come to me? And the, oftentimes the message that comes through is that, you know, they're not ready. Um, yeah, that they're not ready. And so... And so because they're not ready, there are some hoops or things that they need to do in order to get them play, get themselves into that state of readiness. So and oftentimes you know, well why isn't he coming down? And and the answer is is that from where they are in term, from where they are right at that moment, they are not they're not they're not ready. That the person that they would attract would more than likely be the type of person that they had attracted before, and so there's a little bit of homework that's required before they could actually, uh, before they could actually do. Um, but Reverend Harvey, have you have you experienced that same type of thing?
3: Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. You know, everyone in our business as relationship coaches have, because it is a very, very common thing. In general, people connect with whoever just happens to be around. You know, if you think about it, the model we were following before we got relationship-educated, would have been wherever I am, if I see a lady that I like, then I may start a conversation with her. And if there's any kind of response, then next thing you know, we're spending time talking, we're going out on dates, and then we're in a relationship. And so there was no real expectation of, well, you know, I want a woman who's a good communicator. I want a woman who's very Deep, you know, in her communication. She's a deep thinker, and we can talk about things other than the weather or kids or, you know, what's going on in current events. We can start to break it down and start talking about some spiritual stuff and our understanding of life and, you know, contemplating things and, you know. That wasn't a part of what I thought. What I thought was if I like her, I like her, cool, you know. And so there was no idea of needs, wants, and requirements. It was just, hey, she showed up, she's cute, I like her, and voila, we're in a relationship. Next thing you know, six months down the line, you know, things aren't working out because this, that, and the other. I hadn't done any work on me. She hadn't done any work on her. We didn't know. So, yeah, absolutely.
2: Yeah, so – and – one, you know, I, I guess a lot of times when I, this is like one of the challenging parts of getting my clients to understand that 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 there's going to be some work that's required of them because a, a lot of times, <laughs> and you can tell me if this is so for some of the people that you've talked to, uh, a lot of times they the image that they put forth, or at least what they try to portray to me, um, is that they are maybe, it it isn't so much that they want, you know, they want the person to to act a certain way. Uh They want the person to conform to their idea of what, you know, of what, uh, you know of, of what they want. It, you know they want what they want, and they want that person to kind of conform to them. And uh, you know, sorry, uh, sorry to burst your bubbles, ladies and gentlemen. That <laughs> unfortunately is not the way to you know
0: mm-hmm. operate
2: when when wanting to draw the the person that you desire into your experience. Um, you know that comes under the I guess you could say that hospices are being controlling. Mm-hmm. Yes, and, yes, and and who wants to be controlled? <laughs> well, the
3: interesting thing is the person who's doing it. Usually, it's both of them in the party, in the uh, you know both parties involved. Don't necessarily think of it as being controlling. What we tend to think of it is, is I know what I want, but we really don't. What it is is, if you knew what you want then you would have solicited for that in the beginning. Like if you have a position open and you're interviewing for it, instead you went with what you liked physically and maybe heard some things that attracted to your ear. Now you're in a relationship with the person and you see who they really are and there's things about them that you don't like. And so you figure by nagging, complaining or just bringing it up over and over again that they'll complain. And you want to, like you said, you want them to do it your way even down to what you say you know it's as if hey look here's the script you're supposed to say what's here don't go (laughs) off script you know and and so it it becomes a power struggle in a relationship if even when it's not trying to be a power struggle because some relationships you know both parties think the more the other person loves me The bigger my upper hand is, you know, it's better to not be the person who's the most in love because then you stand the less chance of getting hurt. And so that power struggle is always to maintain the relationship without falling deep into the relationship so that you're not the one who ends up getting hurt, which is crazy because the truth be told, you're not in a real relationship. You're with someone, but you're not in a relationship. You're not really even with them. They're just a part of your life. But until you truly give up all that you are and risk getting hurt, you're not really in a relationship.
2: Very, very true. And and oftentimes, um, I, I, the, and I guess this is sort of the issue when um, a person is like this because it, it's almost as if, they are not being self-aware. They're not really giving themselves um, giving themselves the opportunity to take a look at themselves. Um, at you know, well, what is it? Well, what is it that I need to improve? What is it that I need to do? Uh, and I, oftentimes, I think that uh, a lot of the people who are wanting a relationship, especially when they come to me and they they have, you know, they ask me that particular question. Oftentimes my, now the question is, because I've done this a number of times and when I'm talking to clients, well, you know, are you making the relationship a priority? You know, you say that you want this, but, you know, are your actions actually following, you know, following that up? I can give you the information that you're going to meet, um, um, you know, Jane, uh, Jan, or whomever in the future. Uh, however, the the question is, is that, would you actually make time with them with that particular relationship, you know, even if it was one that was compatible with you or compatible for you, um, would you let it pass you by because of certain behaviors that you may actually have that that, you know, that doesn't, that doesn't speak to the needs and the requirements of the person that is coming to be in that relationship for you. So, you know, um, you, you one of the things that I want people to <clears throat> consider is, you know, truly, are they ready for the relationship that they say that they're wanting? You know, and one of the best ways to actually get an assessment of that and not, and I don't want people to just, you know, give a blanket answer of yes, because you have to ask yourself, well, where are you spending the majority of your time? What are you doing? You know, is, uh, are you, are you spending time working, you know, on yourself or are you working on your business? Um, Do you... You know, you are wanting, or and why is it that you're wanting this other person to be a part of your experience? Um, are they for that, for that opportunity to have a communion or a relationship with them, where you're actually relating not and not just have that person be physically present? Or are you really, you know, wanting or desiring? Uh, a true partnership, a true relationship where you can accept that person for who they are and they can accept you for who you are and and that be okay and that be cool with what you know, you can be cool with one another. Um, you know, What, Reverend Harvey, are some of the other questions that people should ask themselves when they are, you know, when they're considering at least having a relationship if they're not actually in one right at the moment? Well,
3: mean there's a couple things that I think they should do. Initially, I think it would be a good idea to sit down and, you know, write out the answers to these questions. What do Mm -hmm. I think about myself? Do I deserve to be loved? Can I provide all the love I need? Do I need someone to love me or do I want someone to love me? What would change if someone else loved me? What do I have to give to someone else? What do I want from someone else? You see, these questions start to make you really think. Believe it or not, a lot of people have problems with loving themselves. Now, everybody will tell you, no, I don't. But if you hear people, you know, if you could hear the self talk that they do to themselves, you'd be like, oh my God, wow. And here's something interesting that I just recently really realized. You know, I've heard it before, but it really came face to face and realized. The self-talk that you have with yourself is the same talk that you have with other people, you know? So if you do something, you're like, I'm so stupid. I'm always doing something like that. When you're in a relationship with someone and you get to that comfort stage and you fired your representative, and now you you, you know, scratching your butt and picking your nose in front of her and like, hey, you know, I'm a man. it's how I roll. <laughs> <You know? laughs> so the minute something happens like that, that she do something, you're like, you're so stupid because this is how you talk to yourself. And so this will be how you communicate with that person. So if we go back to one of the questions, you know, how do I feel about myself? Do I love myself? Because you really, really, really got to love yourself. And if you really think that you love yourself, then try this. Spend six hours in one day paying attention to your thoughts and listening to how many times you have a negative thought. Listen to it. How many times do you have a negative thought? You know, And that will tell you, if you love yourself, and a lot of people say just because I have a negative thought don't mean I don't love myself. Well, what do you do after that negative thought? What is your rebound from it? You know, If you have a bad thought, do you follow it with another bad thought and a series of bad thoughts? Do it bring your energy level down? Or do you say cancel, cancel, zero, or I don't want to think about that and then think about something more positive? Do you bring it up? You see, negative energy, thoughts are things for one. And everything is energy. So negative thoughts have an effect on your physical body as well as your spiritual body. So when you say, what do my thoughts have to do with loving myself, it's the same thing that smoking, drugs or cigarettes have to do with it. The same thing that drinking alcohol has to do with it. When you love yourself, would you, or would you just out and out poison someone you love? If you had a child and this child was the apple of your eye, would you poison them? Because that's what smoking is, drugs and cigarettes. It's poison. That's what alcohol is. It's poison. It's killing that person slowly. Same thing with your negative thoughts. It's killing you slowly. If we look at Big Pharma making all this money, you know, and we talk about Obamacare and the health issues in America, but what's behind the health issues in America? Look how people eat. Like slobs, you know? People don't care what they put in their body. I love that Subway commercial where they say, you know, if you treat your car like you treat your body, you'd walk everywhere. And the guy's standing next to his car. It's all broken down, and then it catches on fire because that's what we do. But is that what you would truly do to someone you love? And if you think it is, then you have the wrong idea of what love is. Mm -hmm. You don't hurt that which you love you cherish it, you nourish it, you take care of it. So that's where I'd say start because people got to really come to understand what we have come to in America believe as commonplace is so bass backwards, it's a shame. Okay. It is a shame. <laughs> we are moving further and further away from those things that help us and closer and closer to the Grim Reaper's death line. Hey, cross this and you can die too. What's your vice? You know, I I got it. Whatever you need. You need some gang violence? Got you. You need some drugs? Got you. You want to eat a cheeseburger? I got you. What you want? (laughs) You know, you want to worry about life? Got you. Come on. Tell me what you want. I got something to kill everybody. Just pick your poison.
2: (laughs) Uh, Also... um one of the things that people also also should consider especially if you haven't really had any successful relationships is you know how is it that you're showing up in the relationship now i i say this because i do recall one time i had run into a client and she was asking me about she was asking me about when it was that this uh, her boyfriend or her next boyfriend or next love interest was going to show up, and one of the things that I one of the things that I had noted about her was that she was coming across with this sense of desperation, <laughs> and I, I have to tell you, ladies and gentlemen, you know any type of desperation. You know that that people could pick up it. It actually repels exactly what what it is that you desire. And I recall also telling her, you know, she was like, "Well, where where am I going to meet him? What am I going to do?" Well, you know, <laughs> it was just like, you know, it was just, and I heard, and you know, I could hear in the background like. You know, we're not gonna tell tell her, or not, we're not gonna tell you to tell her because she would go around looking for looking for the <laughs> Is that him? Is that him? Is
3: that Is him?
2: Yes. <laughs>
3: <laughs> like the Wayans brother movie, that one of their parody movies. Are you my baby daddy? No. Are you my daddy? Are you my daddy? <laughs> With the woman who had all the kids and she didn't know who the fathers were, and every time a man came around, "Are you my daddy?" <laughs> Your client be like, "Is that him? Is that him? him?"
2: Yes, yes. And and she was almost, and it was it was one of those situations where she was she was calling me either every day or every other day to ask the same question, and I'm like, "Didn't I tell you?" <laughs> that your people your people are not really giving you the answer because they said that you would go around looking for it. But it's gonna be in a situation that's unexpected. All you have to do is just go ahead and be yourself. But uh, I gotta say, um, from what I understand of of the men that I've known, that that whole thing of being desperate and and being that incredibly needy, um where you are expecting a person to love you, and, and it goes back right back to what Reverend Harvey talked about a little bit earlier. If if you're expecting somebody to come love you more than you love yourself, you're you're going to have a tough time of it. Yeah. And yeah, it, it's just you know you I I will say uh, that you're going to have a very, very tough time of it. And that if you are looking for that love um, the, that is deeper than what you have for yourself, then that is truly when you really need to start looking at yourself and looking at your connection with source yeah. to to get that unconditional Unconditional
3: love. Because everything you need you have within you. And if you don't seek it there first, seek ye first the kingdom within. You Mm -hmm. know, and if you don't find it there, no one outside of you is going to be able to give it to you. What ends up happening is you end up putting all this pressure on the person you're in the relationship with because Mm -hmm. you're expecting them to come into your life, wave a magic wand, and everything be great. And it be great forever. And it just don't work that way. You know. Bruce Lee wrote a, a book they turned into a movie. Unfortunately, he was unable to star in the movie, but it's called Circle of Iron. David Carradine plays the primary character. He's the star of the, of the movie. And so in this book, it's about a man's journey to wisdom, and so – Every year, these communities come together, and they hold a martial arts competition to see who would venture out into the world. And the one who conquers all these challenges – and they're metaphors for life challenges – but the one who conquers all these challenges get to go on to fight Zetan, the uh, the, uh, guardian of the book. And this is the book of knowledge. Everything that you want to know is in the book. All of the world's knowledge is in the book. And so Cord, played by David Carradine, he goes out, even though he wasn't chosen, but he represents himself. Everybody else represents a community. Now, in saying that, it's like everybody represents a style or a different you know, community or a church or religion. Cord represented no one but himself. And so – he goes out, and he goes through these trials, but there's this one particular trial. He had taken the vial of chastity, chastity, and he comes across this guy that's boiling his penis off in a bucket of oil. His legs are being boiled off too because he's in the oil, and the guy tells him, I've taken a million vials of chastity. I break every one of them, and you will too. You can't do it. Man is not meant to be chased. You can't do it." This is he starts screaming as he walks away. So anyway, Cord meets this beautiful lady and he ends up making love to her and overnight he falls in love. And the guy who gave him the woman takes her and kills her. Now of course you got to speed through so they kill her instantly. And so Cord comes back and the guy say, "You ready to fight?" And he say, "No, I don't want to fight you." And he say, "Why? I killed your Rose." And he said, no, I killed my rose. It was my love, it was my need for her love that strangled her. And the guy laughed and said, you are getting wiser. You know, And so that even though it's a metaphor and it's kind of out there, you have to really go for where it's going, the idea of what he's putting out there is when you don't love yourself, you know, when you're trying too hard to hold on to someone else because you need them to fulfill something in you that you're not yourself feeling, you're strangling them, and you're going to lose them just as Cord lost this woman. You know? And in the end, Cord found out. What Arlene and I say all the time, he got to meet Zetan, and he opened up the book of knowledge, and the book had nothing but mirrors. And he started laughing because he realized the book of knowledge, everything you want to know in the universe is in this book, and it's just page and page and page of mirrors. Everything you want to know is within you. There's no need seeking anything outside. What you want, you have to work on inside and attract it. From that way, conversations with God, and I'ma end right here. And conversations with God, God tells Neil, "You can't have anything you want. You can only have that which you are or is willing to become." Darling, darling. I guess my host kind of disappeared.
0: <laughs> oh, there you my,
3: go. My energy, <laughs> She fell asleep on us. I, I had no idea she was narcoleptic. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Welcome back, Arlie. <laughs> Welcome back. <laughs> okay.
2: So it you know uh well said, well said. um and and everybody I was coughing my coughing myself out, so I didn't want to cough in everybody's ear um, but it and let me just share with people another way that um yeah, the the how your relationship can be passing you by. So if say for instance you've been in uh a relationship or several relationships and maybe like you've had three or four, you know, girlfriends or boyfriends uh since your last one and and you're so you have felt so used and so scarred by those relationships that you know <clears throat> the next one you've gone ahead and put up your criteria of what it is that you're looking for so that you don't experience what you, uh, you've you had before. And, you know, one of the, I, I suppose, and this is, I realize this is going to be challenging for peop- some people to, to uh, accept. However, one of the things that you really need to take a look at so that you don't bring your old issues into your new relationship, because all you're going to do is keep repeating the pattern, especially if you see a pattern. And one of the questions that you should ask yourself is that, Am I, does it seem like all of the people are acting the same way, every single last one of them? And, and if the answer is yes, then you need to take a sort of a self-inventory or a self-assessment. Now, if you're wondering why, well, the reason why is you, you are the one variable amongst all of those different people who showed up the same way that you have, you have actually gone ahead and created, a, you know, you're creating that for yourself. So at, at you need to start asking yourself, well, why is it, what is it about these individuals that I'm attracted to? Because if, they're, if the people seem to be the same, it's not, that, that's actually not true. The people are not the same. They're different people. They just have these same t- characteristics. So and you, since you're the one, one factor in there that is the same, the one constant in there, then you need to start taking a look at, well, why is it that I'm attracted to this person? Is there something that, is there something that you are looking to heal from? In those experiences, because this is, this is one of those universal laws that unless you actually get to a place where you have actually healed from it, it will keep showing up again and again and again. So what is it that you need to learn from that particular relationship? Is there, you know, are you showing up, or are you being too needy in that relationship, or you know, or are you feeling a need to? Is the person that's showing up, is are they too controlling? Whatever that issue is, that you know, all of those different people that you've been involved with are are seeming to be the same. Then you need to start taking a talk, taking an inventory at yourself, because what you're going to do is you're just going to bring the same old self into the new relationship and keep repeating the pattern. Um, in, a, in actuality, when, when I was younger, I had learned that particular lesson that if the people who showed up seemed to behave the same way in, in any type of relationship, it doesn't just have to be a romantic one, that I needed to take a look at myself. Now I think I learned that lesson at about 13 or 14 years old um, when I first get, got into New Thought teaching or you know the study of metaphysics. But um, what what are some of the what are some of the other things that you think that they need to take a look at, Reverend Harvey?
3: Um, hmm. <laughs> come back to me on that one. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Okay, so you know what is especially if you're in that place of your, you know, if you're ready to break uh, break a pattern, if you should, you know, one of the clear indications that that there's something that needs to be taken a look at, unless it's something that you actually desire, um, but when you see a pattern, it needs to it needs to definitely um, be looked at. Now, I'd say some. Other questions that I would ask of yourself is, that, you know, do you enjoy being around yourself? Do you actually know what it is that you like to do? Because one of the things that I have consistently seen with people is that, that a lot of times they, they allow themselves to live inside of a box, and because they've lived inside of this box, you know, the opportunity to have new experiences, the, the opportunity to travel, the opportunity to, you know, you know, play games that are outside of the norm for their particular community. Maybe, maybe, you know, archery. <laughs> I I haven't I haven't done it. I haven't. I didn't do archery for a long time, but you know, at certain activities that you 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 know you would not have even thought of gravitating to, and going ahead and expanding expanding your your experience, maybe maybe jet skiing or things of that nature, that would allow you to open yourself up a little bit more, so that you can have a better grasp of of who you are, because. Because people allow themselves to be self contained and have the same type of experiences over and over and over again and live in a certain pattern of life, then, you know, that it to that, let's put it this way you get to experience yourself. You know the same way that you've always experienced. You've got you continue being in those same uh, same um, patterns that you've always had if you continue to live inside of the box. So getting the opportunity to expand more, so that you can experience more, so that you can even expand the opportunity, expand your expand your circle of of. You know, friends, or you know, for your, your expand your sphere of influence, and 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 vice versa, so that you know, if when you do expand, you get the opportunity to find out. Well, you know, I I don't know if I. If I like going to Indian restaurants maybe the food is a little bit spicy, but the Thai restaurant—I don't know what type of different spices they use in Thai food—but that's kind of that was kind of cool. I enjoyed that particular meal, and also with—I don't know—what so what are some other things that you think that people people could do in order to expand their sphere of influence in terms of in terms of experiences, so that they can
3: understand themselves a little bit better. Exactly the stuff that you're saying. Just find something that you wouldn't ordinarily do. You know, go horseback riding. Go mountain climbing. Go, if you don't listen to country western, go to a country western bar. Learn line dancing. You know, just do something out of the norm to be around different kind of people. But it's like Arlene was saying, you know, you mentioned you you get to know if you like something by trying it. Or if you don't like it, you can say, I tried that, and I don't like it. A couple years ago, I went to my first and so far my only opera, but it was interesting <laughs> to go to an opera. I actually enjoyed it. It was like, ah, huh, okay. Now, needless to say, I, I felt shortchanged because there was no fat lady to sing at the end. <laughs> and from my understanding, you can't end an opera without a fat lady. So, you know, I, I'm still waiting. But <laughs> seriously, you know, do, th- do different things. You know, go to the gun range. Go skiing. It's it's good to just kind of be around different kind of people if you're around the same people your understanding of people is limited and that's that's a big problem that we have and we can actually see it in a political arena right now you know those who are running have a certain mindset and it's not as broad as you would expect for someone who intends to represent the whole country in order to do that, you would expect these people to have a better understanding of different kinds of people. The world is no longer just black and white. You know, we've got brown, yellow, and red. So, mm-hmm. you know, it, it, it helps to expand your horizons, learn uh, things about uh, different people and different things.
2: Yeah, absolutely. And I suppose – this was uh, a challenge for me to actually understand, but I remember several years back, I, I had the opportunity to uh, travel outside of the country. And this person, there was a person that asked me, well, why do you want to do that? Mm. And, and I looked at her, I was like, for the opportunity and the experience. I mean, how many, uh, the only people that I had known up until that point, Mm -hmm. the only people that I had known that had traveled outside of the country were my family members who had been in the military. You know, and to have the opportunity to travel outside of the country, to travel over to Europe, and 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 get to see how how it is that they got to live now. Uh, mind you, I, I had a little bit of my American pocket there because I was traveling with. A, <laughs> I, I will admit that we we brought our Americanism with us, <laughs> the the group that I traveled with. But the the opportunity to. To communicate with people who who did not necessarily have that Amer- what I would call that American state of mind, and I, I will tell you, ladies and gentlemen, it is different, and it mm-hmm. it, it gives you it it widens you it, it it expands the it expands your consciousness, it expands your your viewpoint, and I suppose when the lady asked me that, and what was really surprising was that she was a teacher too. <laughs> <laughs>
3: Well, because she's a teacher doesn't mean a whole lot. You know. I
2: know, I know. That was, you know, that for me that was an eye opening moment. But uh, yeah, you know, the the fact that that uh, that a person wanted to remain confined um, to the experience that she was having locally. Or if she, you know, she's probably one of those people who would have been okay with going down to the Bahamas, but the idea of going over to Europe and just like, and just, it was a head scratcher for her. And I'm like, why would you just, there's a great big old world out there Mm -hmm. and a wealth of experience and opportunity. Um, Why not? Why not? Let's let's find out how other people are living, um, and 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 every I will say that every time that I've had the opportunity to travel, especially when I got to travel outside of the country, it did it did something to you know reshape how I viewed the world, and and it, it can be a very enriching experience. You know, and it definitely gives you something to talk about when you're having a dinner conversation. <laughs>
3: well, that it does. And, you know, I was told a long, long time ago, I was probably still in high school, you know, to you don't have to know everything, but know a little something about everything so that you can at least get into the conversation and you know for me, I'll say my experiences overseas was not the best, but of course, you know I was in the military and so I spent fifteen months in Korea, and I had a calendar like everybody else, and I couldn't wait to get back to the United <laughs> States. I actually came home and had a much greater appreciation for the United States. Yet, while I was over there, you know, I learned a little bit of Rango, which is the Chinese, uh, excuse me, Korean language, Hangul, sorry, not Rango, Hangul. I learned a little bit of Hangul, some uh, Korean, you know, and I asked questions about things because it was different. You know, I saw a lot of things that was very different from what I was used to. So it gave me a greater appreciation for what we have here in this country. And, you know, my brief visit to Japan was kind of the same way. You know, basically for me, I just found the people kind of (laughs) pushy. But, you know, that's also based on a limited amount of time there. Where I was, the people were very, very pushy. But people are people, and it does help, you know, when you are Away from what you're used to. It helps to, you know, be able to see things from a different perspective. For me, you know, I grew up in an all-black neighborhood, but I've had the experiences of living in San Antonio, you know, where it's, wow, about 75 80% Hispanic. You know, so almost everything I did down there, I, even when I was in the National Guard, when I got off of active duty, y'all, and I was in the Texas National Guard. And our last formation on Sundays before they released us was all in Spanish. So imagine. if you will, (laughs) being, you know, a black man standing here with all of these Hispanic people. Most were Mexican, but they had some other Spanish-speaking people who were not Mexican. And and the whole formation is all in Spanish. You better learn something if you need to know what time to come (laughs) next month, you know. So it was like that. But that was my experience. And, you know, I really enjoyed it, you know. And, Just recently, I was sharing when I was down there, I worked as a private investigator. And when I first got the job, I had to go to a training class. It was a one week training class, five days, you know, to get my gun license. And I was just sharing this story over the weekend with somebody. I was the only black person in the class. And it was me, one Mexican, and the rest were white people. And so the guy who was doing the class, you know, it was interesting. I could see in his face how uncomfortable he was. Obviously, there wasn't a lot of black people who went through this class <laughs> <You know>? because <laughs> every time he would look at me, it would just be a certain kind of way. And when he would be on the other side of the room telling his stories, he'd get to the good part. You know, This is the part where he talked about in the good old days, cops used to beat people up. He would always get to the good part, and then he'd have to change the ending. Not really change it, but just not say it. You know, it typically ended with, yeah, but those were the good old days. You can't do that anymore. So you don't hear what came after. You know, we would do this and, you know, he got this big build-up and then he can't finish it off. And he'd always turn around and look at me and then say, yeah, those are the good old days. You can't do that anymore. So he didn't actually say anything. <laughs> you know, <laughs> but you could fill in the blanks. You know, oh yeah, I remember over on the east side. And if you know San Antonio, the east side is where African-Americans live. You know, we might pick a guy up and then take him down towards the water and, uh Oh, man, yeah, those were the good old days. (laughs) But you can't do that anymore. So they ain't said nothing, but you can can put the pieces together. (laughs) And and so I've had that experience. You know, I've had the experience of – being, you know, the only black person around, a group of white people, the only black person around, you know, a group of Hispanic people, um, even around a group of Asians. So it, it is interesting because it's different. You know, there's a whole different way that they carry themselves, different expectations, different things that you hear. And in some cases, you'll be amazed how, you know, they accept you in a way that you would not expect. You know, when I was in San Antonio and primarily around Hispanics, it was, you know, it was like I was one of them. There was never, ever, ever any kind of problems. You know, it was always just really cool. You know, there was invites to people's houses, and it was just, you know, like that. So, yeah, you know, it does help you grow. It does help you grow. And anything that you can do to help you grow is a beautiful thing that you can do. And the more you can grow, the more you can look at yourself differently. You know, we look at ourselves basically how we were taught to get ourselves, you know. So the way our parents and our siblings looked at us, the way our community looked at us, if you were the nerdy kid or they thought you were the nerdy kid and they treated you that way, then that's what you became. You know, if you were the cool kid, then that's what you became. You became basically whatever people's expectations for the most part was, unless you were strong enough to break away from what their expectations were. But you learn to love yourself from how your parents, your family, your friends, even in school, how they loved you, how they treated you is how you learn to love yourself.
2: <laughs> thank goodness I'm not back there anymore <laughs>
0: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
3: And thank goodness you learned how to take control of your life Because a lot of people really don't You'd be surprised how many people You know, and we're talking people in 30s and 40s and even older Still hold on to the mindset And it's like, well, this is how I was raised Okay, so what? <laughs> you know? hmm mm-hmm. <laughs> At what point do you become the responsible adult and say, "Mom and dad did not know everything. The way they raised me is not necessarily the way I want to live." At some point you take over and you have to decide who you're going to be. You can no longer be defined by what your family or your friends or what the past thought of you. You don't have to.
2: Mhm. Mhm. Yes. And what yeah. Can we take a commercial quick commercial break and then oh.
3: we'll come back right back. I, I think we can. I think yeah. we can. Let right. me see. I think there's a commercial here. You know, and I think everybody gonna like this commercial. It's not new, but it's cool. It's groovy and um,
2: <laughs> cool, am... cool, groovy commercial. Okay. <laughs> yeah, we a cool, groovy commercial, right?
3: Welcome yeah. to the family healing circle, where we heal the mind, body, and soul. Join us every Monday for Totally Whole with Dr. Rosemary Cook and Pastor Bridget as they discuss issues related to spirituality and mental health with emphasis on wholeness of mind, body, and spirit. Get your money right Tuesdays on Money Matters with Chastity A. Wells. This show is the tool you need to develop a healthy relationship with with your money and financial legacy. Every Thursday is a treat as we mix it up. On the first Thursday of the month, it's Total Empowerment with Angela Hart, Where beauty and strength is enhanced inside and out. The second Thursday of the month is Relationship Talk on One Love, One Connection, One Up. With Reverends Arlene Cahet and Harvey L. Bailey as they give you practical advice for creating a spiritual union to have the relationship you want. Call in with your relationship questions. Calling all brothers on the third Thursday of the month, it's the Sacred Masculine Show with Reverend Jamel Gilliam. It's a show for spiritual brothers and the women who love them. When there is a fourth Thursday in the month, we have the Healing Paradigm with Reverend Arlene Kahet healing the mind, body, and spirit through changing viewpoints. Every Friday, let's talk love, sex, and nutrition with sexual wellness coach Bondria Walters and sex enthusiast Nakia Lana, the hottest sexual health and wellness and nutrition show around. This is for the grown and sexy. Listen at your own risk. If you don't know, now you know the Family Healing Circle on Blog Talk Radio, 7 p.m. and 9 p.m. It's the best in entertainment, education, and talk radio.
2: All right, and we're back. So... Here is one thought that has come to me, um, and this and that would cause a person to allow their relationship opportunity to to pass them by. One of the things that I think that people need to understand and learn is that they, the way that you are expecting it to happen. You know the way that you're expecting the relationship to come, the way you are expecting, you know, the person to look, the things that you're expecting them to say. Maybe you may not be married to what it is that they're going to say, but those other things about how it's going to, how the relationship is supposed to show up, um, may, you may want to, you may want to discard, uh, discard that, um, especially if, if. The things that you're desiring um, are a little bit on the, I guess you could say, physical side in terms mm-hmm. of how the person is going to look, uh, how the person is uh, going to, uh, you know, maybe the maybe the type of education that they're going to have, things of that nature. Because it, one of the things that I've I've noticed is that. You know the way you're expecting it to show up (laughs) may not be the way that way that it shows up. I can recall this one time, and I was watching a clip uh, from the Steve Harvey show, and there were these women who were looking to be involved with women men that were uh, quote unquote ballers, (laughs) and. Steve Harvey set them up with these, you know, with these guys that, you know, on the surface look very ordinary. Like one guy, he had a, he had, um, he, they had, it had it where he appeared like he was baldy and they put some type of, you know, some type of false teeth in his mouth, <laughs> you know, to, to alter up his look. And then the other guy, they made him appear older and you know, <laughs> when these ladies got in front of these guys, they were just so incredibly dismissive of, you know, of the people, and they they you know, and they went straight for they went straight for the wallet. What do you do for a living? <laughs> What do you do for a living? You know, well, what are you looking for in a woman? And then, and they, you know, uh, I think, believe the gentleman said, well, you know, I'm looking for an intelligent, nice, kind girl um, that, you know, that that is looking for committed relationships. So, you know, something that was really rather surface in terms of their mm-hmm. response. And and they were like, well, you know what? I know that there, you know, I know that there's a, one of my girlfriends. You know, I think she wants the exact same thing. I think that you would be perfect for her. Now passing, you know, and the guy says, one of the guys said to her, you know, what? You know, you you dismiss me just like that. You're gonna dismiss me so much that you're gonna pass me off onto your girlfriend. Well, you know, you said that this is what you're wanting, and so you know, I know that my girlfriend um, would. Would be perfect for you, and and uh, I, you know they were in in my estimation rather rude about it. You know, if, it it would have been it would have been different if they had just simply said, you know, you know, I think that you might be a really nice guy, and I appreciate the opportunity and the time to spend with you. But they didn't really get the opportunity to even look under the hood, really. Um, and, and it's because <laughs> they were, they were, you know, you know, gold diggers. And mm-hmm. these happen to be twins. So Steve Harvey <laughs> brought them back on, brought them back on the air, you know, brought them back, and says, you know, you do you guys think that you were kind and polite and you know to these gentlemen? And and they were like, well, I think that we were kind. Yeah, I, no, you were. You know, in fact, I, I'm just put off. Yeah, I was put off just watching watching the two of you, you know, engage with these gentlemen. And then he, what he did was, he was like, uh, I'm gonna bring, you know, bring these guys out uh, that you went out on the date with turns out one of them was uh like uh you know i think a ex footballer or he you know, played some type of ball game and he 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 had turned his money into um, he, you know, opened up his business, and it was doing rel- relatively well. And the other guy, he was just as successful. They took off the fake hair and the, the makeup and the things of that nature. And it turned out that these were exactly the type of men <laughs> that they said that they wanted at least mm-hmm. – on the uh, on the superficial level, that said that they wanted that they wanted the uh, you know somebody who had money, and because they had a certain expectation of what that was supposed to look like, they, uh, in my estimation, I I know if I was a guy, I don't think I would have gone out with them again hmm. or given them the opportunity because they had clearly showed their uh, themselves to the world, um, uh, you know, a, a, as being really superficial and and not not, you know, just not in a place or a space to actually receive the blessing or the opportunity that that was actually presented to them, um, and and not know I and again, ladies and gentlemen. You know, this is perhaps an exaggerated example, but I, I want people to be more open to the idea that the person that shows up for you may not necessarily be your physical type, but they may be able to meet all of those other things that you that you desire that That are really, really important to you, and that is the reason why it is so important to get clear on what your requirements are and what your needs are, and understanding yourself more and expanding your experience and your horizons in terms of of getting to know you and also getting to love yourself uh, very you know love yourself more because here's the thing: you're going to attract to you the person. At, at, at wherever you may be, you're going to attract the person that is that vibrational match to you. Now, if you don't like exactly what's showing up in your experience, then, again, like we always say, you need to turn within and start with looking at yourself in order to have the have the type of experience that you want. So you know, just know that just because it doesn't show up, you know, looking the way you expect it to, just know that the universe may deliver it in a different type of package because all of those other things that you're desiring will will be more pronounced than maybe the physicality of the person.
3: Absolutely. Yeah. And, and, you know, people get caught up on looks, but it's we've all heard it, you know, looks fade, and looks do fade. You know, you get older, and then you don't look as good. Uh, I'm the exception. A friend of mine told me last Friday, she said, you look good. I said, I think I always look good. She said, no, as you get older, you're looking better. I said, well, I was an ugly kid.
2: (laughs) Oh
0: well,
2: look at
3: there. You turned into the swine. Look at you. Look at you. Isn't yeah. <laughs> that the way it worked? You know, if you start off ugly, then you got to get better looking as you get older. And if you start off looking good, then you're going to get worse looking as you get older. <laughs> but no, seriously, that conversation really did happen, so I'm serious about that. But um, looks fade. And looks is not going to carry a relationship. It's just not because the person may look all shiny and beautiful, you know. She may have all of this, that, ta-da, you know, but then she may be the worst person you've ever met. You know, her hygiene may be atrocious. Maybe her attitude is straight up beyond ghetto. You know, maybe she's just lazy. It could be a lot of different things in a relationship yeah, it's okay. It's nice. Well, I put it that way. It's nice to have someone who is easy on your eyes. What's more important is the spiritual connection that you have with that person because the physical is the physical. And how long you expect that to last? Maybe two, three years, maybe ten if you're lucky. By that time they didn't get on your nerves so bad, you really contemplating on getting a hit person to take them out. <laughs> you know, <laughs> or maybe just going out for lunch and never coming back or something like that, it, so forget the physical. What do you have in common? How do they challenge you in a way that you like? you know because it's one thing to be challenged and feel like you're in a competition in your relationship, but it's another way to feel challenged, and that challenge make you feel uplifted. you know they make you think, they make you a better you. You know, and you are a good team together. that's what it's really about being with someone who makes you a better you and being a good team with that person, you know being able to really bond with that person, being able to say, "Hey, you know what's the question that women ask men, if I gained fifty pounds, would you still love me you know it, Be honest with yourself, but when you are in this state that I'm talking about, it's like, yeah, it's more of you to love, you know, because it doesn't matter what you look like. The connection we have is still there. The way I feel when I talk to you, the way I feel when I hold your hand. We've been together all these years, and I still want to hold your hand, you know, to be together two, three decades, and you still love that person. That's a real connection, and it wasn't about the physical because really – Beauty is in the eye of the beholder. When you really find a connection, you're going to see beauty regardless. And I just want to go back. Over the weekend, I went to see clients of mine, and they've been together, oh, my God, for forever. (laughs) For forever. (laughs) They have grown children in their late 30s and 40s. Well, forty. And so late 30s and forty, and they were married before the kids came around. So we know that they've been married longer than four decades, and they still love each other, and they still do things together. And just to see them together is just interesting because you know you can see that they're going to be together forever, and they talk about it, and they plan it. You know, four four plus decades into it, and they're still talking about it. Who does that? You know, seven years into a relationship, people eyeballing somebody else. Or they thinking about an escape plan. How about 40 plus years? And you're talking about where you're going to move to and live the rest of your years. And what are you going to do? You know, that's love. That's Mm -hmm. love. And here's the kicker, and I'm going to end with this. Over the last 18 months, the wife had went through some serious health challenges, and the husband was right there every step of the way. And so he was sharing a story with me about a woman that he had been talking to, and not talking to in a romantic way, but been conversing with, and he's talking about how. He did what he did to, you know, take care of his wife when she was down. And she was like, wow, you're a good man. And a lot of them left. And he like, really? You know, because all of my friends are good men. So where are you looking? <laughs> you, know, you know, for him, you know, it's like he didn't do anything different. Yet this woman is blown away that a man, and, and, and I'm going to go right there. I'm going to actually say it, that a black man been with a woman for four plus decades and that when her health got bad he didn't go running off looking for no other woman he was right there when she couldn't move her legs he was carrying her you know when she had to have medication he was doing that when she had multiple appointments in a day he was getting her to each of those appointments he was handling the business and and i want to say this for all those people who are confused by the BS that we see in the world today, that men don't know how to handle business, you know that men are stupid, and that if you didn't have a woman, you'd just fall apart. Well, his story is contrary to that because he held everything together while taking care of her. So if you bought into that feminist BS, and that's what you see when you see a man, you're either looking at him through blurred eyes. Or you're not looking at a real man because a real man knows how to hold it down, always. And it doesn't matter if he's black. Contrary to the stereotype, black men get it done, too.
2: <laughs> so, uh, and this brings me to another um, another uh, person. I think his name is Daryl Jackson, and he, he gives what I would call... Uh, Really pragmatic um, ideas about how people can change their point of attraction in terms of the people that they are attracted to. So he was talking. He a lot of times when he when he talks in his videos, he's talking from the standpoint of you know, speaking to men, especially mm-hmm. because in addition to, you know, women saying there are probably no good, you know, no good women, you know, men men. Uh, mm-hmm. men out here, mm-hmm. there there are women or men. Yeah, men. There are men. <laughs> my apologies, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, my, I got you, my I got you back Yeah, you got me. All right. Awesome. Beautiful, beautiful. <laughs> so there are. And there are men who say that there are no good women out there, mm-hmm. and so one of the things that one of the things that he does um, is he's like, okay, so there's no good women out here. So tell me about the, you know, tell me about the women women that you're friend zoning, and <laughs> when he when he when he listens to the type of women that that these men tend to friend zone. He realizes you know when he's talking to them, yeah talking to them, he realizes that he this guy that uh, that claims that there are no good women out there has all of these women in this friend zone mm-hmm. who are you know the women who who aren't pushy who aren't who aren't you know out to get his money who's who's you know. Who's he's he's kind of down and chill with, but he doesn't want to be involved with them. And he's like, you know, you've got this treasure box of all of these beautiful, accessible women uh, available to you, and you have put them in the friend zone to go out with the gold digger who's, you know, who's always spending up your money and using you, using and abusing you. I mean, you know, what, what do you expect? Why are you attracted to that type of woman? So here it is here it is. You have another situation where the your the relationship opportunities to be with somebody who is a quality person is passing you by because you've opted to friend zone that particular person to go what go with what is what you know more superficial and appealing to the eye, and again you know if if you're one of those people then yeah, and let's just say the repetition is probably going to get on your nerves, but you're going to have to <laughs> – you're just going to have to go ahead and look back at yourself like, okay, so why is it that I'm attracted to these women who are gold diggers, you know, Um all right, You know, is one of the things that you're doing, because this actually happened to me, is one of the things that you're doing is you're, you're, you're you know, letting your money lead the lead the conversation. Is that what you're leading with? You know, you may, you know, I don't think you're going to like me, but you're going to like my money. <laughs> but I don't want you to actually like my money. You know, I don't want you to go after my money even though I'm crashing it in your face. I mean... <laughs> Uh, it really So
3: it, I shouldn't tell people repeatedly I'm a doctor
2: No you shouldn't tell people That i mean, repeatedly that you're a doctor I shouldn't <laughs> show you my ID <laughs> No you shouldn't <laughs> You know where I'm going with this Yes <laughs> So, ladies and gentlemen, just in case you're this is your first time actually <laughs> hearing us, uh, you know, uh, uh, Reverend Harvey over here is is giving everybody a bit of a flashback to an experience that I had with a guy who, who did the exact same thing to me. And, and, and I'm not the, you know, the thing is, is that I'm not the gold digger typer or whatever. I, you know, but... But the thing is, is because he was leading with his money, my thought and my expectation was that he wanted to buy me and buy my affection, and and he wanted to control me with the money. That was that was, from my perspective. That was how he was showing up. And let's just say, two dates and he was gone. <laughs> 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 and and my expectation really was that we weren't going to after the first day I didn't expect to hear from him because I kinda of flat out told him like, you know, dude, if you're preoccupied and concerned with people coming after your you know, coming after you for your money, you may not want to actually lead with that as a part of the conversation because you're you're asking to be taken advantage of. I mean, you're literally asking, you know, here's my money, but I don't want you to, yeah, I really don't want you to go after it. <laughs> 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 oh, my goodness, but, yeah, you know, one of the, like, one of those things that, you know, how are you showing up, and, and here's, and here's an exercise that may be a little bit challenging for people, but it will give you, um an idea, if, especially if you kind of ended with your other previous relationships on okay terms, um, just ask the person. You know, in what way did you? You know, what way was I showing up? And mind you, you just you know, if you're gonna if you're gonna do this, you just make sure that you're mature enough and that you could suck it up to hear whatever whatever it is that they may have to actually say uh, about about how you showed up in the relationship there if you have a relationship with those people where they can be honest with you and you have you do at least I would say you probably may not want to do any more than three because I know that it might be tough on some folks but you know, listen for those cues that indicate those particular patterns that you kept repeating over and over and again with those with those individuals in order to get some type of idea or concept. hopefully you know that you know they don't hate you, <laughs> and that you know you can have um uh, i i guess you could say an exploratory conversation with the with the people who show up and you know if if you ha- are on re- relatively friendly terms you may you know find something that is kind of revealing um, about about yourself and how you show up um, because a lot of times i I know that it, this has been a challenge for a challenge for me because i'm just being i'm just being myself but when I would ask people, well, how is it that, you know, how is it that I'm showing up, uh, showing up here? Um, it's hard for me to see it because I'm just being myself um, and being authentic about, you know, who and where I am at at the moment. <clears throat> and, you know, anything to add, Reverend Harvey? No, you're doing great. <laughs> <laughs> yes but yeah if if you're if you have the type of relationship with your exes that you know that you can you can have that type of discussion go ahead and and just take a look to see how you're showing up because you know one of the things that you may you know want to take um especially if you you do have a particular pattern um and you tend to attract the same type of person that you've always attracted and you know there is something there's something that you're doing or there's some experience that you're that you're looking to relive uh live out over and over again, or you're just stuck in i guess you could say what during the time of uh uh, during the time of vinyl records, you know, you keep repeating the same, yeah, repeating in the same place because you got a scratch in your record. Per-
0: <laughs> <laughs>
2: yeah, yes, ladies and gentlemen, I am giving away my age
0: by just saying that. <laughs> you know, if
3: you tape a nickel to that top of the handle, you don't have that problem so much with the records getting scratched. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, but
2: you know there. It, it's and here's and one of the things that one of the reasons why we always kind of recommend that you look at yourself is because a lot of the things that we do uh, and a lot of the things uh, and a lot of the people that we tend to be attracted to and a lot of the experiences that we have a, a lot of times we you're not always conscious of it you're you know these are these are things that sort of are running on a sort of an automatic pilot so uh, again, we're going to reiterate. Take a look at yourself. Ask yourself how it is that you're showing up in your relationships. Um, if you have a, if you're having challenges of actually knowing what that looks like, you can actually ask your exes. Or you may not actually, if you feel that that would be too challenging, ask your friends. How is it that you're showing up? Or you know, one of the things that we always talk about is that the people who are in, and that we're We're friends with, uh, are in relationships with. Are our mirrors? They're mirroring back to us, you know, the things about ourselves that we like and the things about ourselves that we dislike. And you know, and and but that requires a little bit more. But if you're the type of person that that hasn't exactly done that type of work before, where you're digging into yourself, then go, by all means, ask your friends or ask your, you know, ask. Uh, those who are around you, how is it that you show up or what is it that, what seems to be a sort of a consistent pattern that, that is a part of what it is that you're presenting in the world? Um,
3: Well, you could contact me and Reverend Arlene for a session and we can help you out. Because remember, if there's an issue, it's you.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Um, We Can take a quick music break And when we come back We can have our final words And you know What do you think Sounds good I Um, concur You concur Okay (laughs) Jill Scott's the way
3: Oh Okay Okay. Sorry (laughs) (laughs) You should have Keyed me
0: sooner (laughs)
4: What did you cry for? Is it because you're sad or, or mad or nothing's going to go wrong? Sometimes we feel inside of us that, that everything we have is only here for today. But every now and then, two people get lucky and find a certain thing that makes them want to just keep it, just keep it that way. I don't want you to feel that you have to go through these changes, know with
3: Don't that just get you in the mood? <laughs> yes. Arlene, I'm going to put a <laughs> message out there. Anyone who wants to, we're going to open the lines up. So if anyone wants to get in on a conversation before we close out the night, just go ahead and press one on your phone, and we'll be glad to open up your line and share the conversation with you. All right, Arlene, you were going to say that.
2: <laughs> so, ladies and gentlemen, now, if you are where you, I I will say that you're really wanting a relationship. To understand that the first relationship begins with yourself, um, and begins with your connection with the source of creation. That when you begin to begin to get in that place of loving yourself um, unconditionally and appreciating you know yourself and and enjoy being with yourself then others are going to be attracted to you not only just in you know in your personal relationships but as friendships as well because what begins to happen is the place that you've been at where you are not quite experiencing that, you may end up experiencing people who begin to fall away from you so that it can make room for the new energy that you bring in. And you will have less of those opportunities for your relationships to pass you by. And just know that, you know, it is about how it is, you know, you're going to want to know how it is that you're showing up. You're going to want to know... You know um it, you know also be mindful of the fact that the relationship that you're truly desiring that that true friendship that that love connection that you're truly desiring may not the way you expect it to look um and it may not happen the way you're expecting it to happen uh you know the wonderful thing about. The universe when when you get yourself into vibrational alignment with what it is that you desire then then the universe is going to look for a way to surprise you on how that comes comes about and ask yourself if you're really ready are you really ready for that relationship are you really ready to make time for that because relationships do require a bit of you know maintenance and work, um, and also know that you know you're you're going to want to drop all of those things that old issues and things of those things those things that may have hurt you before, so that you can be open for the the love that you deeply desire. Um, do you have anything to add to that, Reverend Harvey? Yes, I do,
3: Reverend Arlene. I do. <laughs> For starters, I, I want to say this You know, it, it, as we've stated several times tonight And we always state here at One Love, One Connection, One Us It begins with you So here's a little exercise to help you become more conscious of you And how you're showing up But also to help you create the love that you want and need Three things. One, in any situation, look at it and say, I created this. And try to see how your thoughts and your actions created the current situation. And you have to look back. It didn't just happen a minute ago. So you have to look back at what your thoughts and actions were that got you to this situation. Do that with your relationships. Two, Understand that everything that you create, you are creating it for spiritual growth. Now, we get far, far, far away from spiritual growth in this world. We're more concerned with living for the moment, feeling good now. Life is short. You might as well experience it right now. But you know what? You are a spiritual being having a human experience. And so if you want to live on the edge... Live on the edge as a spiritual being. Do it to grow spiritually. Do it to learn how to trust yourself, to learn how to trust in the power, the source. So ask yourself, in all things that you do, how am I growing spiritually from this? And while doing that, seek the seed, the source, in all things, in everyone. So the next time you decide you want to talk about how someone look or what they have and what they don't have, remember that person is God just like you are. So look at them differently. See if you can see the source in them. See if you can see spirit in them. And then the third thing, the third and final thing is this. Always ask every day, how can I be of service to my fellow human being? How can I be of service to my partner in this relationship? You see, it's not what you get is what you give. And when you give, you're going to receive. It's the law of attraction. Nothing from nothing leaves nothing. you got to have something if you want to be in this game. <laughs> so you've got to be willing to put up something in order to get something. Ask, what can you give? The more you give, the more you'll get in return. And then just to go a little deeper for those of you who really want to, you know, Tilt it over. Do visioning. And if you're not familiar with visioning, I know more people are familiar with visualization than visioning. But visualization is creating in your mind's eye what you can imagine. It is holding it in your mind's eye. So it is really manifesting what you want. Visioning is finding out what God wants for you. And what God wants for you, a lot like Reverend Arlene was saying, you, it doesn't always show up the way you expect it to. You see, God's idea of you as you is greater than your idea of you as you. You're limited by your idea, and so that's the problem with visualization. You can only visualize to the extent that you know and understand and also believe. When you do visioning, you're only listening for what God has to say to you, and you're allowing God to work through You, So you vision by going into a nice deep meditative state and then you'll ask this question for relationships. What is spirit's highest idea of a relationship in my life? What is spirit's highest idea of a relationship in my life? And just listen for the answer to come to you. And it may not come in the form of a word because that's not always how God communicates. It may be a feeling. It may be abstract things like colors or sounds or your favorite song or smell. It could be a different things. But listen, and don't try to block anything. Don't try to analyze it. Let it be whatever it's going to be and write it down. Next question in visioning. What must I become to achieve Spirit's vision of love for my life? What must I become to achieve Spirit's vision for love in my life? And the same thing, just allow it to come to you. And then after that, what must I release? You see, growth is about letting go. You can't grow If you don't let go, you can't steal home if you refuse to take your foot off a third base. You've got to let go. Satchel Paige said, don't look back. Something might be gaining on you. Keep going forward. Live in the now and go forward. Don't let the, uh, the past rob you of your future. So what must I let go? And then is there anything else? I need to know in this moment and listen to see if there's more guidance that you need, if there's something else that you need. All your answers are within. This is a way of going within and having the Almighty help you find what it is you need because you don't lack anything. It's only your thoughts that are lacking. Because your thoughts tell you you don't have because you can't see it. Just because you can't see it doesn't mean it's not real. You can't see air, but surely you're breathing it. And find yourself inside of a bank vault where there's limited amount of air and you start to choke, you'll understand that air is very, very real. Very, very real, even though you can't see it. You don't see atoms, not without a powerful microscope, but they're very, very real. So just because you don't necessarily see the things that you want in your life, if you're doing the right things, they're going to manifest because everything that you've done so far has manifested what you have so far. And when you learn to understand how your thoughts, words, and actions have created what you have, then you can set the course with your thoughts, words, and actions to create what you want. Then you start creating on purpose instead of haphazardly, by accident, by just going about life, living, doing that which you think you're supposed to do because everyone else is doing. Freedom is a road seldom followed by the multitude. Public enemy said that. Don't be like sheep and follow everybody else. You are an individual. You are perfect in your imperfections. God made you as a a one-of-a-kind, the way you are, allowing you the space to grow. If you follow other people's path, you'll never get a chance to grow. You'll never get a chance to be who you truly are. You'll never find the love that you're seeking, and your ship will pass you by. Don't do that. Instead, seek you, and you are within. So spend time to go within. Learn to love yourself, give to yourself, cherish yourself, and don't let anyone take that from you. Don't let anyone treat you less than you deserve. Stand up for yourself. Speak up when need be. Feel proud about yourself. Stop the negative self-talk. Stop beating yourself up. You made a mistake. Big deal. Everybody makes a mistake. Do better next time. Love yourself through it because you need you. To be there for you. So do these things. Learn to grow. Be a better you. And let's have a better world where people learn to love each other. We can all hold hands and sing Kumbaya. Or maybe not. (laughs) But at least we can learn to love. (laughs) (laughs) Reverend Aline, that is all that I
2: have. Okay. Well, do you want to tell them about your next show coming up?
3: in 2 weeks on the inner consciousness we are going to be talking about self love how about that <laughs> self-love. This is going to be a seriously exciting show because we're going to talk about self-love and we're going to look at it from some different aspects. You know, I'm going to talk about the war on love and of course I've been talking about that all year and I'm going to continue to talk about that throughout the rest of the year only this time I am going to introduce temple mentality versus what Jesus taught on the war on love. Then we're going to have some people, they're going to come on, they're going to talk about different things. We're going to have a guy who's going to talk about being divided within yourself. You know? And there's nothing worse than that, but most of us do it at some point or another. Many of us live our whole lives being divided. There's something that we want to do that we just won't do. We're afraid to do it. We won't take a chance. We let others drag us in this direction, in that direction, because we don't truly know who we are. And, and so we're like ships without a map. There's nowhere in particular that we're going. We're just going with the current, wherever we get thrown. We're divided within ourselves. We haven't truly found ourselves. And then we're going to have some wonderful ladies they're going to be on, and they're going to talk to us about health, how to eat right, how to take care of your body. Again, if you love yourself. You would do the best for yourself. I remember when I was in the military, Saturday was the day when guys showed how much they loved their cars. Not only did they put thousands of dollars into their cars putting these crazy rims on it, you know, making it look all kind of wild, putting this music in it that you can hear 13 blocks away. You can be off post, and they're on post at the gate, and you hear boom, 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 boom. And, and it's like, okay, you're going to be deaf by the time you get to 30, but <laughs> it's okay. It's all right. Right now, you think you're cool. <laughs> you know? They're washing their car. they detail in their car. They keep it super clean. You know why they did that Arlene? Because they, they love, love their, their car. car. But why you don't do that to your body? You know, do you get up in the morning? Do you pray? Do you get your spirit right with God? Do you, do you exercise? Do you work the body out so that the body takes care of you? Because if you take care of it, it'll take care of you. Are you putting the right foods in your body? Or are you eating a whole lot of processed foods that's killing you softly? From the inside. So we're going to have a lady who's going to talk to us about how to do these things, how to take care of ourselves. And we're going to have another lady who's going to talk to us about really just pampering ourselves, getting a facial, getting a massage, getting Reiki or healing touch treatments, you know, of the things that just make you feel good. Spending time alone, going out to dinner by yourself and not being embarrassed to do so. A lot of people can't do that. You know why? Because they don't have the self-esteem to do it. But that's loving yourself. Ain't nothing wrong with going out to dinner by yourself because anybody who's going to look at you and say something are the people who don't have the self-esteem to do it because they don't love themselves. And so you can smile at them and say, hey, I love you, you know, <laughs> because they need that. Trust me, they need that. And so this woman's going to share with us different ways to pamper yourself. And we got a guy who is in the health food industry, and he's got a program that you can go online and you can get a health assessment to find out how physically fit you are. It goes from one 100 and I ain't going to say nothing but I had an 80 and so (laughs) but I ain't going to say nothing but he's going to come on and he's going to talk about you know taking care of yourself getting the health assessment and it's all about loving you in two weeks right here at 7 o'clock on the end of consciousness on the family healing circle
2: alrighty well Ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for joining us, and we will see
3: you next month. Oh, ho, ho, Reverend Arlene, don't we have something we want to share with them? We do fundraisers now.
2: Oh, yes. okay. <laughs> so if you
3: have a business, an organization, a 501c3, or if you just want to have a home party, we at the Family Healing Circle, are doing fundraisers. So if you're interested, just reach out to us. You can give us a call. Arlene, what's that number where they can reach us at? Um,
2: they can reach us at, well, you can give us a call at area code um, 240-343-2590. Again, that number is area code 240 240- Three, four, three,
3: two five nine zero.: Well, you can shoot us an email at FamilyhealingCircle at gmail.com. That's FamilyhealingCircle at gmail.com. Fundraisers people. If you're trying to raise money for your kids' sports team, if you're trying to raise money for your church, if you're trying to raise money for your organization, or if you just want to do a home party reach out to us right here at the Family Healing Circle. All right, Arlene, I am complete.
2: Okay, and we will have Jill Scott take us out.
5: A smile on my face. Jumped out of bed, took a shower, Breath cleaned up my. my